I'm Heidi Harris. Welcome to the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do this three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can subscribe at iTunes or you can check my podcast out at HeidiHarris.com. You can also check out my live local show at 6.70 a.m. KMZQ, live in Las Vegas, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. weekdays. So you can't get away from me even if you want to. Also check out HeidiHarris.com, my website where you can get my latest book, which is called Don't Pat Me on the Head or my other book, about cocktail waitresses, cocktail waitress wisdom, or my blogs, or all that kind of stuff, podcasts, HeidiHarris.com. Interesting article over the weekend by Suzanne Danuta Walters. Why can't we hate men is the title of the column. I'm not kidding. Why can't we hate men? And of course, she's a professor of sociology and director of the Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies Program at Northeastern University. Of course she is. <laughs> is there anybody who doesn't hate men who's in charge of gender studies or women's studies or any of that kind of stuff? Anyway, I'm not going to read you the entire article. I did post it on my Heidi Harris Show Facebook page. But she basically begins by saying that even before Trump, even before Harvey Weinstein, before all this stuff, of course, she doesn't mention people like Bill Clinton, she had a problem with men. <laughs> she said, it seems logical to hate men. <laughs> She said, I can't lie. I've always had a soft spot for the radical feminist smackdown for naming the problem in no uncertain terms. Really? Really? <laughs> of course, what women don't understand, women like her who clearly hate men, I wonder if she's got a father. They really hate men, and they don't really get how much men do for us every single day. I mean, men are out there fighting our wars, protecting our freedom. Not that women don't too, but let's be honest, men are doing the most of it. Men are most often police officers. Men are most often doing many things that help women every single day, whether it's fixing our cars, fixing our air conditioning, fixing things in the house. Yes, women can do some of that stuff, but for the most part, it's men. She goes on to say, women experience sexual violence and the threat of that violence permeates our choices big and small. Oh, wow. She said women are underrepresented in higher wage jobs, local and federal government, business, educational leadership, etc., etc. Wage inequality continues to permeate every economy and almost every industry. This is a woman who really seriously gets up in the morning and looks for some reason to hate men, for some reason to feel like you're less than because you're a woman. I don't feel that way at all. I have never in my life for one second felt like I was less than anybody because I'm a female. There are things I'm better at than men. There are things that my husband's better at than I am. And of course that can, you know, change. There are a lot of women I know who are much better at the tech stuff or mechanical stuff than their husbands. And I get all that. But in general, we have, both of us have very different attributes and things like that, which is the case with most couples. But this attitude that you get up in the morning, you hate men and all you think about is how horrible they are and how many rapists are out there and what's terrible. I mean, how many firefighters are men? Most of them, they're running into a burning building while you're running out and you, what, you still have a problem with men? I mean, it's ludicrous. She ends the column, you can, once again, you can read this at my Heidi Harris Show Facebook page. She ends the column by saying, don't run for office. Don't be in charge of anything. Step away from the power. We got this. And please know that your crocodile tears won't be wiped by us anymore. We have every right to hate you. You have done us wrong. Hashtag because patriarchy. It's long past time to play hard for team feminism and win. Wow. <laughs> And what's scary about that is a person like her is actually teaching probably women primarily who are taking her classes, 
basically to have this adversarial relationship with men. And that's not the way anybody benefits. I mean, are there differences in the way men and women are treated in workplaces? Sure. I mean, I've worked in a male-dominated industry now for 20 years. Talk radio is almost all men, almost all male program directors, almost all male talent on the air, most of the people who sell are male. I mean, men, men, men. I happen to like men. I enjoy working around an environment where, and many times, I don't even notice I'm the only woman at the table at a business dinner or something. It doesn't bother me because I like men. But can you imagine getting up in the morning and thinking nothing other than how much men suck and how they're trying to destroy you? What a sad way to live your life. So basically, this woman hates half the population just because people like Harvey Weinstein are out there. Okay, honey, got it. Then there's the billionaire George Soros who's tried to cause all kinds of havoc in America with the money that he has supporting all kinds of anti-American causes. And he does not understand it. He actually sat down for an interview this week and he talked about the fact that with Donald Trump, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong in the last couple of years. Of course, he backed Hillary Clinton. And he said, Trump's willing to destroy the world. I don't think that's true at all. Of course, you know, Soros isn't going to agree with that. Here's the thing, though. Whether it's this professor who hates women, Suzanne, what's her name? Suzanne Danuta Walters or George Soros. I mean, can you imagine getting up every day and that's all you think about is how somebody's out to get you? Soros probably gets up in the morning and thinks about how we can destroy Trump, how we can destroy capitalism, how we can destroy America. And this professor thinks about how she can destroy men. Really? That's all you got? That's what you're here for? I don't think so. Anyway, George Soros went on to say Trump's willing to destroy the world, which I don't think is true at all. I, I mean, listen, does the guy have foreign policy experience? No, he doesn't. But I don't think he wants to destroy America. I think he wants to help America. He may want to destroy George Soros's version of the world, but that's entirely different, right? George Soros has now acknowledged that he did not see Trump's election coming. He said, apparently, I was living in my own bubble. That's worth a little bit of commentary because a lot of these folks don't get it. There was another story that I saw uh, that I'm going to talk about a little bit later this morning on my regular radio show, my live show on 670 AM KMZQ in Las Vegas. <laughs> and there was a Democrat saying, oh, no, we don't need anything for the Democrat midterms. We have Trump. No, you don't have Trump. You don't have Trump. California was a complete disaster for Democrats. Do you not understand that? Even George Soros acknowledges that. He says, I was living in my own bubble. He also says, we ran into a brick wall in California. That's exactly right. Several of the candidates that he backed were out the door because people... <laughs> people don't want what people like George Soros are pushing. That's not what voters want. It's embarrassing. And of course, he's saying that he would favor impeaching Trump because he's endangering the United States and the world. And of course, he doesn't want to see Mike Pence president, which is the funniest part to me. He said this would make Vice President Pence the president who is much more competent in representing the far right, whose views I disagree with, da 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 da, da. And that's the big problem for a lot of people on the left. They could try to threaten to find a way to get rid of Trump. But if they do, then we have Mike Pence, who I do not believe would get elected president in America. But I think he's fantastic. And if he got there through a Trump impeachment, I'm fine with that. I really am. But it's funny. People like George Soros and other folks who don't get it, they just simply don't get it because they do live in the bubble. They fly around in private jets. They travel in limos. They don't talk to anybody who disagrees with them. They honestly don't know. 
Speaking for myself, I have friends all over the political map. Lefties, righties, people who are Christians, people who are unbelievers, friends all over the place. And I have people on my show with whom I may disagree or who offer a point of view I'd never considered. The reason for that is because you've got to expand your brain. Now, I have very, very strong beliefs about certain things that I'm not going to waver on. But that's different than not knowing how the other side thinks. And to not have any familiarity with how regular people think is just ludicrous. And that's the problem with folks like George Soros. I remember election night, my husband and I were watching, of all things, CNN. Now, if you were watching CNN on election night, you saw John King in that map that he had. He would just touch a state and it would show a certain thing. And then he'd touch another thing and it would show the counties. It was the coolest thing ever. And as my husband and I sat there and we watched this, we'd watch him touch a state like Wisconsin. Now, these are states that were completely blue for Obama. Boom, they were going red. Another state going red. Another state going red. These are the things that George Soros didn't count on. The folks in middle America who are completely disgusted and not at all enthralled with Hillary Clinton, who, by the way, I don't think even visited Wisconsin, she just took it for granted. They don't get it because they live in this bubble. They don't live in the real world. They don't go to the grocery store. They don't talk to real people who actually drive cabs and cut hair and do some of the things. They really don't. I'm convinced that they have no idea how other people think. They live in this elite society. It's the same with a lot of Washington reporters. They travel with each other they follow the presidential candidates around or whoever the politicians may be. They have this beat. They drink at the bar together at night. They follow each other around. They hang out with each other all day long. And they really don't understand how real, honest people in America who are just trying to make a living actually think. Not that people like me who are righties actually believe Donald Trump was the end-all, be-all. I don't think any politician's the end-all, be-all. But people like George Soros and a lot of folks on the left actually put their trust in politicians. They think these people are who everybody should look to for leadership and guidance in their lives. And what they don't understand is a lot of people on the right or even in the middle say, no, I don't need government to tell me how to live my life. I don't need government to take care of me. I need government to get the hell out of my way. That's what I need. And people like George Soros just do not understand it because they don't hang out with real people. And that's why he said we hit a brick wall in California. And the press is downplaying this in an amazing way. But he's the one who's at least being honest about that. Nobody wants him in California. Nobody wants what he stands for. Now, will Democrats prevail for the most part in California? Sure, compared to a lot of other states, yes. But nothing compared to what we expected, this so-called blue wave. Normally, whatever happens in California washes across the entire country. And in this particular time, it didn't happen at all like they predicted. And mainly because a lot of Democrats didn't go out and vote. They don't care. They're saying, hey, wait a minute. We were told that Trump's the Antichrist. And I may not like Donald Trump. He may be a little bit off the wall. He may tweet weird things and all that stuff. But bottom line, I've got more money in my pocket. The economy's going well. He's got North Korea on their knees. What else do you want from a guy? That's what a lot of people on the left are thinking. They just want politicians to get out of their lives and stop telling them how to live them. And Donald Trump, at the very least, is doing that. So the people on the left were told all these lies about how terrible Donald Trump was. And that was a big mistake on their part, that they really viewed him as the Antichrist. And some of them probably did, but they tried to convince everybody that he was. So when he wasn't, when he didn't dismally fail, of course the guy's got issues. 
personality quirks. And, uh, you know, we can go on and on about that. I get all that. But when it comes to what he's getting accomplished, getting hostages out of North Korea, Obama couldn't do that in eight years. He's got North Korea to the table. He's meeting with North Korea this week, trying to get some kind of a deal done. I don't know whether he's going to accomplish that. But the fact of the matter is North Korea is asking to have some kind of a deal. Why? Because they don't know what Donald Trump's going to do. Is he going to start a war? I hope he doesn't. Nobody wants war. But they don't know what he's going to do. And that's enough for me. I got to be honest with you. They knew Obama wasn't going to do anything. I saw somebody put up a picture earlier today, a lefty friend of mine, a black liberal friend of mine who I adore, but we disagree on pretty much everything politically. And he posted a picture on Facebook of the G7 folks with Obama. And they were all yucking it up and this and that and the other. And then he posted the picture that's making it around the world of Angela Merkel kind of staring down Trump. She's standing up with her fingertips on the table and looking down at Trump and the other G7 leaders are staring at Trump. You know what? Good. I like it that they don't like him. The G7 leaders when Obama was president loved him because they knew that he wouldn't do anything to push the apple cart over. They liked it. They liked the fact that the trade wasn't fair. They liked the fact that they could push Obama around, that he wasn't going to upset anything. Well, Trump is different. Trump's going to be America first. Now, does he have the foreign policy experience? Everybody knows he doesn't. But the fact is, he's got people around him like General Mattis who know foreign policy. John Bolton. He's got, of course, Nikki Haley. Fantastic people who understand foreign policy and are not going to tolerate nonsense. So they're advising him. He's standing up to these other countries. That's why they don't like him. That's fine with me because everybody liking you didn't do one darn thing for America. Everyone likes the guy they can push around. That's a very basic principle. I don't want a president who gets along with people. Now, it's nice if he does. And at this point, it's always been men, so we'll say he. Ideally, a president will get along with other world leaders. We need that, obviously. And to this point, Trump has gotten along with world leaders. And when he did his trip to Israel, when he did his trip to Europe, it went amazingly well. And the press couldn't stand that either. So he's done well with diplomacy. But when it comes down to bending over and letting these other countries screw us again, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to let them take advantage of us. And that's the huge advantage that Trump brings to America. At the very least, now they're going to stand up and take notice because he's not going to take their crap anymore. And I'm impressed with that, frankly. Very impressed. And I think that's why a lot of Americans voted him in. Yes, he may be a little rough around the edges. Everybody knows that. He may not, uh, what's the word? Uh, uncouth is, <laughs> well, that's the least of it, right? Of course not. I don't like the idea that he's getting on Twitter and trashing Trudeau from Canada. He shouldn't be on Twitter talking about anything. That's not what he said in the meetings. I don't agree with that. Of course I don't agree with it. It's tacky. It's rude to get on Twitter and be complaining about meetings or what somebody said or outing what somebody said. Of course it's not the correct way to handle things. It's not dignified. It's not the way world leaders are supposed to behave. They're supposed to be somewhat subdued in what they say, right? They're supposed to have a little more filter on what they say. But that's Trump. And a lot of people like that about him. So if it puts leaders on notice, then you know what? A lot of folks are happy about that. That's why they voted for him. And that's why there's going to be no Democrat wave. And that's why when George Soros looks at California and says, we hit a brick wall. Yeah, you hit a brick wall because you had no idea what real people think because you don't get out there. You don't know what real people think because you don't surround yourself with any real people. You surround yourself with a bunch of liberal elites who have no clue what real folks think. 
So why don't you get out there and talk to somebody who's driving a cab once in a while, Mr. Soros. Maybe somebody who cuts hair. Maybe somebody who works at a fast food place. Maybe somebody who tends bar. Talk to these people and ask them what they really think because they're the folks who are really fighting every single day. And they're the ones who want a better America. Sit down at a park sometime and talk to moms who are stay-home moms with their kids. Sit down and talk to them and see what they're concerned about. There's a great scene in the movie about Winston Churchill that came out uh, about six months ago or so. There's a great scene where he actually gets on the tube and people didn't even know who he was at first. Got on the tube and started talking to real people. This is before World War II. And they all said, no, stand up, stand up. We don't want to back down. Stand up. Because the people around him were saying, oh, well, you need to make a deal with Hitler. And the real people said something completely different. Why doesn't George Soros get on a subway and talk to some people sometime and say, hey, how do you feel about your life? How do you feel about the president? And I'm not talking about a subway in New York City. How about someplace else? Get out and talk to the real people in the world. Get on a tractor in Wisconsin and talk to real people and see what they think. And then maybe you'll have a better understanding of the real America. It's a thought. Join me for my live show from Las Vegas, weekdays 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on 670 a.m. KMZQ in Las Vegas, live from the Las Vegas Strip. You can also catch this podcast three times a week. You can sign up for free at iTunes. You can also check the podcast out at HeidiHarris.com and pick up a copy of my new book. It's called Don't Pat Me on the Head. It's available at Amazon. So please check it out. I'm doing a bunch of speaking engagements throughout this month. I've got about six of them so far planned. So Hopefully I'll see you at one of those and you can find that information at HeidiHarris.com. If you sign up for my free newsletter, I'll let you know about that. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell.